Let's cut to the chase. I want to buy your husband. I'll pay you five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. Let's rock. Thanks, Dad. Can I get a open? No man presents live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Al. Here we are, the end of season seven. I really cannot believe it. We dreaded starting this season, were surprised during it, and here we are at the very end. My name is Al, and you know, I gotta say, it's it's tough being cursed with these good looks, rock-hard body, hold-me-hiney, and a face that's just a homing signal for Hooters. It's tough, man. Okay. <laughs> Sure. I'm Jamie. Catch me, boys. I'm gonna faint. Oh, I, I, I got you, Jamie. <laughs> Whoops. And I'm Dan, the second most popular dude at Pokai. <laughs> That's right. We have a special guest host with us today. I'm Russell. I'm a loyal Patreon member and on a Facebook page group. And, you know, I told you extra cheese. I never met a woman yet could order a pizza right. Extra cheese. How tough is it? Hey, I asked that a couple shows ago, man. These people can't get anything right. (laughs) (laughs) What's up? Russell, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being a patron of this show. Thanks for supporting the cause. It's about time. (laughs) Yeah. And Russell bought his ticket into the nudie bar to uh, wrap up season seven. He's here for the big grand finale of season seven. So, Russell, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, how did you um, get into Married with Children and discover our podcast? I remember watching Married with Children back around, originally around season 10, maybe season 9. I remember seeing the spring break episodes and then a couple of years ago, like right before Jamie got on the podcast, I accidentally fall upon the podcast. You mean before it got good? Oh. <laughs> you have a point. Wow. Um, I came across it and it's the only one out there. So I started following and started listening and it's been an exciting ride so far. Thank you, guys. <laughs> there's yeah. none out there. So we're your favorite by default because there's just none else out there. <laughs> He's like, well, no one else did one, so I can't go anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, hey, thank you so much for coming on, though. You're, you're always very interactive uh, on the Facebook page, and it's it's always great talking with you. You definitely know your stuff, so it's it's been a long time coming for this I'm a nerd and a little bit of an encyclopedia sometimes. Encyclopedia Brown himself for married children. (laughs) (laughs) 
Now, tell us, you know, there's a lot of controversy going on about season seven, what we, what the majority of people thought before listening to the entire run of this podcast, uh, where we went in depth with season seven, what people think after and all that kind of stuff. So where do you, where does it land for you? What did, what do you think of season seven before you heard this and now here in the last episode? I always thought season seven was, I was nervous as to what you guys would bring to the table with him. But you guys handled it well, and I actually kind of liked it better, having all the behind-the-scenes type of critique with you and fun knowledge that you guys brought to the table. Hmm, thanks, man. So, so you're saying the podcast enhanced the season? Yes. Oh, right on. You know what I found is that I, I think – if you were just remembering back watching the show, Seven probably sticks in your head. The kid, Seven, probably sticks in your mind. And that's the thing you're going to take away from this. It's like, ugh, that was when they had the kid, and I don't, I don't like that season, and blah. But when we started going through it episode by episode, especially since he just dropped out, you know, toward right. the end, I, what I found is that even though he was there, it wasn't even, it really wasn't a big deal because most of the time he got scullied like five minutes into the show. <laughs> so yeah. you never saw him and right. he didn't really have that much of an impact or as much as an impact as I, I think that you remember it on the whole, myself right. included, you know? So I, I think it's a lot better than, than people probably remember without actually watching it recently correct uh, yes I, and i agree with jamie 100 percent. and i actually have kind of a theory on this especially in the day now of of social media and everything i believe that yeah it's it was definitely a thing back then right i'm not gonna discount it like he came in it's it's definitely uh, i guess a trope now you know like you can you can label it that because it's happened in so many other sitcoms where <laughs> yeah they literally just it's that that's the point where it jumped the shark but with this i feel like it's so different because of the minimal involvement with them and we've picked apart all the reasons why we believe it doesn't even really affect the season at all except for what was it, what was it, his birthday party oh, at the yeah. park or whatever that was bad like that was a bad ride that was a bad ride but like other than that it's been so great that i just think that it's something that people ran with and it got blown up over time and it's perpetuated because of the internet now i really think that when you dive in and you take a closer look like we have that you can literally pick apart the same exact things and i would assume people would agree i mean most people well, most that, do yeah it's not it's exactly so i believe that once again it's over time things just get a bad reputation uh you know somebody says something enough about something and people just believe it and then run with it and i believe that this is literally the the perfect example of that yeah yeah to me this is no different than the peg pregnant thing in the beginning of season six and then moving on from there uh if if you don't think season six jumped the shark with that then why would you think this did with this? And you could see they kind of scurried him off pretty quickly. Every ep Remember, they were just looking for reasons to get rid of him. So they, they got the message pretty loud and clear pretty quick, but I guess there were contract issues or something where they couldn't truly 
just ask the guy to leave right away. So, uh, but we explored that, and we're going to get way more into that in our season seven wrap up show. So let's not really talk about yes. So, so let's not talk about that too much on this episode, and uh, we have a we could save it all up for our Patreon exclusive uh, season seven wrap up show. So be sure to tune into that. But tonight we are reviewing the proposition, final episode of season seven, season seven episode twenty six, original air date May twenty third, nineteen ninety three. Director Jerry Cohen, writer Arthur Silver, special guest stars. Vanna White as Coco slash Helen Granowinner. Kevin Shkahn as Phil, who I don't remember. Jane Childerhose <laughs> as customer in store. I guess she was the get out lady. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Coco, a cosmetic millionaires and former girlfriend of Al's, makes a truly indecent proposal by offering Peggy $500,000 for one night of passion with Al. And yes, Jamie, I will expect you to know how much that's worth today. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, uh, this premise is based on Indecent Proposal, a 1993 drama based on the novel of the same name by Jack Engelhard. In which a married couple's relationship is put into turmoil by a stranger's offer of a million dollars for the wife to spend a night with him. That was the movie that starred Robert Redford, Demi Moore, and Woody Harrelson. So the film was a box office success, despite earning mostly negative reviews from critics, grossing nearly $267 million worldwide on a $38 million budget. Wow. Yeah. So um, one note to uh, think about while we're reviewing this is that this is Ron Levitt's final episode of Married with Children. What? Wow. After this, he will eventually move on to a similar theme show called Unhappily Ever After. Ah, uh, yes. This is the epi- the last episode before the big divorce between him and Michael Moy. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, people say everything changes after this. Right. Well, these are, from here on out, I'm definitely not going to be familiar with a lot of them because I graduated high school in 1993. Right. And I was never home. You know, I went to college, you know, in the fall, and I didn't, when I was in college, I didn't. Shotgunning beers. (laughs) It'll be interesting for me to see how many of these future episodes I recognize at all. Yeah. Uh. It'll be cool, though. You know, I realize that we've all become less and less familiar as these go on because, you know, in, in real life, we we did taper off just like you do with every show that even if you love it or whatever, sometimes that happens. It's not like now where you could binge through a whole season and be done with it and you're waiting for the next announcement and then binge it again. Right. You had to actually sit there every Sunday at 8 o'clock or whatever and actually make this, you know, and it's just a different time. And there were no DVRs. A lot of people didn't set their VCR to record stuff. So with the DVDs, sure, you can re-familiarize yourself, but it's not the same as growing up with it. They don't stick with you the same way. Right. For you guys, it'll be cool because it'll it'll be like almost new episodes that they, you know, it's almost like a reboot, but they're all still the same age, you know? Well, I, I can't say. I can't say whether I've seen them or not. I'll know them. 
I, you know, when I do, obviously, but I just always caught the reruns on, on TBS. You know, we've talked about this when I first joined the show every morning, you know, um, they, they would play episodes. So the chance that I could have seen, um, you know, uh, the later episodes are just as just as great as the previous ones for me personally, oh, because I, I didn't really catch it on the on its original run. Like I did, but I didn't. If that makes sense, I was just a little too young and just a little too young to be into it. So, in terms of watching all the seasons, like it, we've talked about this before too, it definitely has an effect. When when a show comes out weekly, as opposed to having all the episodes, because don't forget, it doesn't matter that they're 20 minute shows. You still have to wait a week to see the next one. So it could be an hour long show, you know, half hour, whatever it is. And you still have to wait that week and it's still the same amount of time and it's still years of your life. And that's why it's hard to keep up with those shows throughout the years. But yeah, binge watching now, I I can't even really tell the difference unless the kids on screen or something. But <laughs> as we found, that was pretty rare anyway, so I can't even tell the difference between season to season. Yeah, because you might have blinked. Right. <laughs> then, just when you thought it couldn't get any wilder, what a catch a special presentation of Martin and... I'm offering you $500,000. Al Bundy gets an indecent proposal from Vanna White. Let's get down to business. On the season finale of Married with Children, then join Robin Williams, Rodney Dangerfield, Jim Carrey, and many more for a one-hour all-star tribute to Sam Kinison. It all happens starting at 8, 7 Central, Sunday on Fox. Well, this episode starts off with Alan Pegg in the dark. Uh, clearly in the bedroom, because uh, the dialogue is implying that Al is having sexual performance issues. <laughs> uh, great writing for that. You know, you know that that's not what they're talking about, but it's so well done that you just love it anyway, and it's it's just perfect. <laughs> um, you know, it's our classic bedroom opener, which we have come to recognize so well in this season. Al. Why isn't anything happening? It will. You just have to be patient. <laughs> well, I don't want to be disappointed again. Any minute now. Trust me. <laughs> I know how this works. Now you did it. You did pay the electric bill. So the lights come on and we find out that the lights were shut off. Of course. Happy anniversary, baby. Thank you, Al. It's the perfect present for the gal who already has nothing. Him paying the electric bill, that's kind of reminiscent of earlier this season when he paid the water bill. Remember he paid with uh, with his blood or something that we talked about? <laughs> yep. I guess it's the 21st anniversary? Because um, season one and two, uh, they both count for being their 16th year. And then season nine is their 25th anniversary. So if you follow that math, um, and it was their 20th anniversary with the uh, Dinner with Anthrax. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I choose not to go too far into this again. <laughs> TV math. Yeah. it's uh, It's weird. Uh, the kids bust in um, in the middle of the night. I love you, Al. 
Yeah, thanks. <laughs> hey, Mom, Dad. Kids. Just burst in like that. What if we'd been doing something intimate? <laughs> <laughs> on the television that lady coco's on you know the one with the beauty empire yeah she said she graduated from polk high she's supposed to be the most famous graduate polk high ever had the second most famous graduate i don't think this coco broad scored four touchdowns in a single game or would have played pro ball if it wasn't for a bum knee and an even bummer wife can you believe he thinks he's famous for for what he did in high school football? Dude, you know what though? So I, I'm so glad that this came up because the answer is yes. There are people that truly are so just in their heads that they think they're completely something else, or they're still something from something that they did about 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like, like people are that delusional that it reminds me of a lot of a lot of people that I grew up with. Like, literally, they still talk about the, those times. Like, not only like it was yesterday, but. It's like like those times are still relevant now. <laughs> yeah, like everyone <laughs> like, else is still thinking about it. You know, it reminds me of you ever see the movie Grown Ups? Yes, with yes. Adam Sandler. Remember those other guys who lost the basketball game? Mm-hmm. Like that's yep. them, and it's Daniel Larusso, it's Johnny Lawrence, it's it's all these types of guys. <laughs> right, right. So uh, it's it's like if Ari Lehman would was going around going, "Hey guys, like I was the first ever Jason. Hey, I was the first ever." Oh wait, he does do that. Oh wait, he does that every <laughs> second. <laughs> he's doing it right now. Oh. <laughs> so, but he's a good guy. That's what I hear. But he's a good guy. Okay. <laughs> oh, there she is. I have to say, you look great. Would you stand up for us? So, you attain this perfection by dieting and using your own products. I'm very lucky. I can eat anything I want and then get it all sucked out. But my beauty products are just as good as surgery, and the money goes to me. Oh my God, I recognize her. Her name isn't Coco. That's Helen Granowitter. So, Vanna White is on Married with Children. That is great. First, I just want to say, who would have thought that she'd be down to do such a dark, edgy, like, comedy type uh, in the prime of her career? You know, people could have been like, ooh, that was tasteless, and nah, 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 and and risk, you know, she has the easiest job on earth, and she gets paid tons to just, like, turn letters, right? Mm-hmm. on uh, Wheel of Fortune. But as far as her relation to marry with children, so in season one, the poker game, if you guys remember, the men build the perfect woman in their heads. And when they get to uh, gotta have a brain, and they're like, why? And then the final consensus is Vanna White. It was funny how <laughs> they were disparaging her then. And then she comes on the show as an intelligent woman in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1987, she was featured in a Playboy pictorial showing images of her taken before her career of on Wheel of Fortune wearing a see-through lingerie, if you guys want to look that up. Mm. Yep. She was born in 1957, which makes her 36 on this episode. 
She looked good, man. Whew. I was gonna. I thought you were gonna say today. I'm like, she ain't 36 today, bro. Oh, she still is. <laughs> actually. <laughs> and by the way, she doesn't even turn the letters anymore. She just hits the button. Yeah, but that's been happening for like 15 years, right? She just touches it. That's it. That's it, dude. I- I'll say this though: what that's definitely a sign of the times, right? That's de- like having her go on there is definitely a big deal for sure. Because, like you said, you know, it, a show like this definitely and always has had its reputation for what it is. And, like you said, having it be edgy and stuff like that. So to have her on it, I think that speaks for speaks for the numbers itself you know the numbers that this show did the the type of following that it had you know um i just think people were down with it and that's why it got got a lot of celebrity cameos and it shows how cool she is absolutely so russell what did you think when she uh further down the episode when she dropped that that uh little robe i mean were you like was your tongue rolled out on the floor or what I have to admit, she was kind of like a celebrity crush back in the day. My grandparents used to watch Wheel of Fortune all the time, and she was incredibly attractive. Even as a kid, I was my most vivid memories was when I was like 10, 11, and 12, around 97, 98, 99. But, you know, four years after that mm. episode, but. Still, she was very, very attractive. Oh, yeah. And, you know, people think she's like a a Dumbo, like, oh, wow, she turns letters for a living. What a dingbat. And it's like, bro, she makes major (laughs) bank turning letters. You dingbat. You can't make fun of her. I mean, and even like Dan said, the sign of the times where the letters, you just touch them and they light up. I mean, they literally could just have the letters light up without her even being on here or paying her to do anything. And she's making Boku bucks, man, just walking back and forth. And she she's an iconic symbol of the 90s. I mean, everyone knows Vanna White. That was She holds the distinction of being the only time, or at least no one did it up until this point, being a a letter turner on a on a game show. Or a, you know, one of the, like, Holly from Price is Right who would, like, right. you know, show the products or or whatever. Like, the game show hostess had never had the status that she gained because now she is right up there next to Pat Sajak and has been for right. 15, 20 years. She's been standing right next to him. She introduces the show with him. She exits the yes. show with him. She has hosted the show when he wasn't there, there are, right. I mean, she has status that no other game show hostess has ever had. So she, mm-hmm. I mean, really deserves a lot of respect for that because she climbed right up. Oh, yeah. I was just going to spit so much fire, but Jamie just took all of it. <laughs> she just said exactly what I wanted to say. I, I totally agree with that. And it's the perfect example of somebody that... That, like you said, like a letter turner, like, okay, it's kind of that Paris Hilton thing, but not because it's like, oh, yeah, you're just a pretty face or whatever. But at the same time, like you said, she can host the show. She's a personality. So when they're talking and they're having, you know, a back and forth, you can you can feel like she's a part of the show. Like and she's definitely has the personality to carry the whole show herself. So in a way. Is she just a letter turner? Absolutely not. Like, I, I don't think so at all. You know, I think she's she's 
like Jamie said, just as important as as Sajak. Yeah. Oh, it's she's worth sixty million dollars. Okay, that's a little much for a letter turner. <laughs> Think of that. She turned that into a whole thing. Like, imagine <laughs> it's just hard to believe. Now, now in nineteen eighty eight, she appeared on NBC in the film Goddess of Love with Amanda Burst too. Oh. Yeah, she made cameos on L.A. Law, 227, Super Mario Brothers show, Simon and Simon. <laughs> she was on King of Queens, Full House. She was in the uh, that movie Naked Gun, 33 and a third. Double Dragon, unfortunately. And also in 1988, she was on WrestleMania 4. Oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't a good WrestleMania. It was a terrible card, but man. But that made yeah. it good. Yeah, there were some highlights <laughs> of that uh, WrestleMania. <laughs> wow. Yeah, she's she's just she's big. She's an she's an icon, and she's still going strong. If uh, I don't know how they're going to do Wheel of Fortune at this point, but they were set to tape um, twenty twenty. So yeah, everything's off this year for sure. <laughs> like no, nothing's coming back this year. No, and I I also think with her too. I you know you mentioned Naked Gun and all these things. Even today. If you had the chance to have Vanna White in your movie, even as like a cameo, I don't think anybody would deny that. Oh, yeah, be, yeah, definitely. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like Bob Barker and Happy Gilmore or something. Hey, you remember her? She was a year behind us in high school. I don't remember her. You really know her, Al? Well, I don't want to say anything in front of the kids, but she... Uh... <laughs> She co-piloted the Starship Bundy a couple of seasons. Who's the real co-pilot of um, the Enterprise? Was that Sulu? Or was he just the pilot? I feel like Jamie should know this. Isn't it Spock? Spock was a co-pilot? No, but I did. As a kid, I watched the original. But anything beyond that, I I have nothing. I don't... I care very little about... Um, the original, the the first, like, Wrath of Khan, that one, the movie, I'm, I know, but beyond that, not a thing. Yeah, me neither. I just like the first three seasons with Shatner and Spock, and that is it. Nothing else. What do you think of your old dad now? <laughs> he's throwing it in his kid's face that he slept with this chick on TV. Like, how badass is that as a dad? <laughs> yeah. What? Oh, come on, Dad. You never had a beautiful woman in your whole life. Seriously, Mom, could you picture Dad with even a mildly attractive woman? Hey, Mom, look at him. What kind of woman do you think he possibly could get? (laughs) You didn't let me finish. I was going to say, he's got you, so why would he want a beautiful woman? Get out. What did I do? I was just insulting Daddy. They hear what they want to hear. Okay, so now, remember how we got a little bit of trivia from one of the guys in our Married with Children Facebook group page where he filled us in because we just weren't thinking about it. He said there are no episodes this season in the shoe store. Well, he must have stopped watching right before the last episode of the season, because <laughs> here we are. So here I am spreading false information. So sorry about that. <laughs> Damn it, Alex. 
Yeah, yeah, it's no big deal. If uh, now during the mall scene, um, the directory sign in front of Gary's shoe says Lakeside Mall. Now we all know Al works at the New Market Mall, and the Lakeside Mall is their rival. Now, if you remember, the only reason that that was there is because they forgot to remove it after they filmed episode 12 of this season, Christmas. Remember when Al had to be the Santa at the Lakeside Mall? Right. Yep. Yep. So they just used the same, and we even mentioned that they just threw that sign up there. Right. And it's the same place. Yeah. So So that proves that that's exactly what they just did. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you ever doubted us, there you go. There you go. Hey, somebody stop that guy. He stole my lunch. <laughs> How iconic and amazing is Al stealing this dude's lunch and then crouching behind the counter to eat it like an animal. <laughs> Classic. Classic. And I love when they just all of a sudden break into, like, cartoon stuff real quick. Yeah. Like, they, like it's not like, uh, you know, uh, what, the the garden episode or anything. Like, it's completely, like, with bombs going off. It's nothing like that. But just little moments like that, it just... I just love it. I think it's a nice touch, and it's a nice kind of um, balance to to the other stuff, to, to all the other stuff that the show has to offer, you know? Just little pepper. Pepper that stuff in, and it's great. Yeah. Like an animal. Those little things <laughs> make the show. Right. Exactly. It's an element. Yeah, for sure. Um, he even stole the guy's soft drink. Like, imagine that. Like, he didn't just r- grab a sandwich and take off. Like, he wanted a refreshment with it. Has anybody ever done that? Taking food off of somebody else's plate? Come on, Russell. You must have done it once. Russell. I'm not a stranger's plate, but, like, my <laughs> siblings or my girlfriend. Yeah. Right. You know, right. a fry or something here and there, or share a bite of the main course, but not straight up no stranger. Did you run into the corner and eat it like an animal? (laughs) (laughs) Within the confines of our home, and depending on how good the meal was, I might, yeah. Might have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If there was ever, like, uh, if we were ever on a prank show and I wanted to get Jamie, uh, it would be in a movie theater and just have a guy go up to her popcorn and then dig in to the popcorn. <laughs> like, dig in deep and just. To oh, get you would, you're trying to get a dude killed, is what you're <laughs> trying to do. They're, um, Show some respect. Yeah. <laughs> Flip Wilson used to have this TV show called People Are Funny uh, back in the day, which was. Like a prank show, kind of mm-hmm. like a almost almost like a hidden camera thing. I mean, like a candid camera thing. And one of the on one of the episodes, they would have people go into restaurants, like in the mall, and just walk up to people eating in the food court and take take food off their plate, just pick up their food and start eating it. And <laughs> the reactions of people crack me up because, and and I imagine it would be very different today. It's it, people behave much differently today than they did 30 years ago. But it was almost like the person who owned the food was intimidated or, or embarrassed to do something. They would they would go like, hey, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, whereas today, like somebody would stand up and punch him in the face. 
Oh, my oh wow. What the hell? Sorry, there's a huge deer right outside my window. <laughs> That's a deer? Yeah. <laughs> barking? No, but it's my dog barking at the deer. <laughs> Do you have the dog from Man's Best Friend? Yeah. <laughs> Is it that dog? Because uh, that's what I just pictured. Just I didn't know she had a dog. And we don't let those in the nudie bar. I know, Jimmy. You have a dog? Yeah. <laughs> when did you get a dog? Wait, wait, we've done 800 million shows together and we didn't know you had a dog. You didn't know I had a dog? I've posted her on Facebook. (laughs) No. What's the dog's name? Val. Oh, yeah, Val. I know Val. Okay, sorry. Val Venus? (laughs) Val Venus. It's short short for Valkyrie. Um, Ah. Valcor, the guy from NeverEnding Story. (laughs) <laughs> the rise of the Valkyries. That's Falcor, but whatever. Oh, right. Um, what was I saying? Oh, oh, but it was the, the reactions were always really funny because they they just would sit there stunned, like I have no idea what to do right now. Oh, they people are are very timid and like, if you show aggression, people back down. You know, and that's an aggressive move to take someone's food, and, and it it instantly uh, establishes the alpha in the situation. Uh, well, I'll say this though: there's that scene in Fight Club where he's narrating when they're trying to fight people. You know, like trying to engage people in a fight. Most people will go out of their way to avoid confrontation to avoid a fight like i'll be honest with you if i'm eating and somebody did that it's like is this is this even worth fighting over for me like do i care that much like yeah it's rude but i'm not i'm not about to throw down over a couple chicken nuggets you know what i mean you know what i would do i would just throw my drink at him and go here wash that down with this and i would smash smash the drink on him and you wouldn't even think about it you would just you would just stare at him for a second i know you out you just stare at him for like two seconds and then just do it. You're just like me, dude. I would have done the same thing. <laughs> like, no. Like, this ain't going down like that. Yeah, dude. How do you react to something that that crazy? Like, and nine out of ten times, unless, you know, this person has, like, a, a mental, obviously, problem or whatever, it's people trolling you. It's people messing with you. So, yeah, like, you have to, you have to respond in an equally ridiculous way. Oh, yeah. Well, these guys responded by chasing Al through the Newmarket Mall. <laughs> Didn't catch him. I guess that right turn he made into his shoe store was just too much for them. <laughs> Even though they were <laughs> couldn't have been more than 50 feet away. <laughs> totally lost him. Uh, so Coco comes into the shoe store. I mean, she went through great lengths. You know, people always say, how did Jason find Alice in the beginning of Friday the 13th Part 2? I want to know how Coco found Al Bundy in the shoe store that he were. I mean, did he work there back when when he was satisfying her? And he just, no, he couldn't have because he says he's been working there for 20 years. Okay, maybe he did because. I know what it is. I know. The uh, shoe commercials that he made back in the day. She remembered. <laughs> oh, five, five, five shoe. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he's got to still work there. Right? She saw those. Yeah, but he that wasn't to advertise that he works there. No, that was one of the that was one of the commercials during uh, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> so funny, man. Hi, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hi, baby. <laughs> Just soda. It'll dry soon and leave a little stain. Well, let's cut the charade. We both know why you're here. Why are you here? I've traveled the world trying to find a man that can satisfy me the way you did. Like that was funny because you think he's getting like a like a, a Woodrow or something, but then all of a sudden he shakes his leg and an ice cube falls out of his pants. Now, as a kid, I was always confused at that, and I'm not sure I know much more now at 40. What was the ice cube implying? Because in a weird way, I thought it was part of the drink that Al spilled on his pants. But now I think it's like a symbolic thing. Like a money shot? No, like... What? A money shot. Yeah, a frozen... <laughs> I, I come ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like something about how it hasn't been used in such a long time and now that it's finally aroused for a reason an ice cube fell out of it. you know what i mean like i'm trying to like almost like the equivalent to like spider webs or something like, yeah right you know I mean? exactly that's what i'm saying it kind of doesn't work at the same time <laughs> like i like russell's explanation better yeah the money shot <laughs> if we're gonna go innuendo yeah i'm right. sorry honey why are these ice cubes so cloudy oh um really cold in that freezer <laughs> oh it's just an ice cube i thought i was passing a stone A pig. I love it. I want you, Al. Travel the world with me. Make love to me the way that only you can. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm... Get out. So she wants Al to make love to her. That is so hot, man. I mean, I would love a chick who looks like that and be Al's age to say stuff like that to me. And and she's like 10 years younger than Al. So that's even hotter. She grabs him and holds him within inches of her face. Now, what I love about this is that Al is not the kind of guy who's like, whoa, whoa, we can't do, you know, and stop her immediately. Like, he, he lets it go that far. Like, if my wife walked in and saw a girl holding me that close, that would obviously be an issue. So I love that, although... Um, Al isn't exactly cheating or anything. He he lets this happen. That's very cool and it's very reminiscent of what was it, season one with the Cherry Sisters? Uh, remember when Al was in uh, Luke's apartment and stuff like that, and that went pretty far, you know? Right. But it didn't go all the way. Like I just like how uh, he walks that very tight line with little things like that. This is a very intense moment for Al and her, a woman, a fat woman, walks into the shoe store and Al's like, get out! Make love to me the way that only you can. Yeah. Excuse me, I... Get out! <laughs> Those moments are great to add that in there, too. I'm not selling a shoe right now, honey. I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> right, yeah. Perfect married with children. Yeah, just perfect. Like Dan said, peppering in those little nuance, those little moments makes this show what it is. 
people probably just take it for granted, but it, it, it makes the show feel lived in. And, well, and if it was just that one note, it wouldn't have that same effect, but it's, it's everything put together, kind of thrown in the pot and mixed up. Mm-hmm. Yep. Now, Russell, don't you think Al should have called this chick when he was looking for sexual confi- like a sexual confidence booster back a few episodes ago until death do us part? Ooh. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. Yeah. I definitely would have. Like that, you wouldn't have to make several calls. That would be one call. <laughs> yeah, Sister Mary Ignatius could have had a, the whole afternoon off if right. <laughs> if he called exactly. the right person. <laughs> I still can't believe he called a nun. <laughs> I can't believe he told a chick's husband that her breastfeeding brings back memories. <laughs> God, yeah. And I can't believe it's not butter. <laughs> It's cocoa butter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brad's are soon going to find out. Vanishing cream. <laughs> yeah, don't rub that in the wrong place. <laughs> Jamie, tell me that you had one of those mini fans that Al uses to dry his pants off. I know you did. <laughs> Uh-oh, we lost Jamie. <laughs> Jamie's had it. Jamie has left the building. Yeah, she was... I, th- I think she she walked out after that ice cube joke you made. Somebody's Oops. having beer for dinner. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Al Mini fans his pants to dry, which never works. Uh, so you were saying? I want you. Well, I wish I could say I was shocked. <laughs> and dry. <laughs> uh, look, I... Uh, I know I look much the same as I did when I was a strapping, sexy high school football star, but so it doesn't surprise me when you say you want me, but look closely in the dead that are my eyes. You'll see I'm married. I'm sorry to hear it. I'm sorry to say it. But uh, would you come home and meet my family? You know, tell them you know me, you know, the sex stuff. I'd like to impress the kids, you know. Sure. Good. Now, I want you to come home for dinner. We're having pizza. You bring it. Wow. That is a huge departure from back. Remember when uh, Jessica Hahn and him had their little thing going and he was, like, trying to hide her from the family? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. How different is this? For them to kind of go this far with it, to take this angle, where it's they, it's literally like, hey, you can cheat, but it's going to be, what is it, half a mil? Then it, to, to take that angle, it really kind of, um, I don't know, I want to say pushes the envelope, but this is probably the furthest that they've taken it, right? I mean, it has to be. Uh, in terms of Peg's acceptance of it and just kind of like, you know, her face with that question, like, what do you love more, your husband or money? You know, and it's, I, I say it in a serious tone. I know we're t- <laughs> talking about Mary with children again, <laughs> but at the same time, you've got to look at it like that because yeah. we've had other situations, uh, you know, kind of tiptoe around this, but we've never had it as not only the central plot, but to be taken this far. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like how they took it this far. Listen, we're in season seven. 
we're at the finale of the season. You you got to go big. Um, so we got to take it this far, you know. Um, and I'm glad they did because it opens up new avenues, which is um, if they didn't take it this far, the impact of the end of the episodes would not uh, – the impact of the end of this episode wouldn't have been felt. Thank you, dude. It would show that's... no growth either. Right. Yeah. And, you know, we, we talk about this show and its lack of this or its lack of that or whatever, you know, in terms of like emotions and stuff like that. But this is a perfect example where it's front and center. And like Russell just said, without growth and without, you know, um, seeing the flip side to these situations or whatever, you wouldn't appreciate uh, an episode like this or I should say an outcome like this. Yeah, I'll say the whole episode and the outcome. And it's also very Bundy's of them to to even consider it. Yeah, to consider <laughs> taking this money <laughs> and things like that. Like to for them to go, oh no, we can't do that. That'd be like, ah, eh, you're boring. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's actually good that they did it. They had to go through with it. Otherwise, it wouldn't be married with children. So I'm thrilled. Um... So you are telling us that Coco, world famous millionaire is madly in love with you and bringing us a pizza. <laughs> Not as hard to believe as that I could have had a beautiful millionaire instead ended up with you. <laughs> Lucky, huh? Coco rings the doorbell. The family is in shock. Uh, they circle around her like vultures. It's really weird. Like, they're just fascinated by her and, uh... I guess, I don't know, her class level, her fame level, her hotness, whatever, everything, I think, uh, they're just very uh, taken by. Bud is groping her legs. I mean, that's a great, <laughs> you go right there. I mean, it's, that's great, you know, put your hand on her calves and stuff. You guys have to touch these stockings. I think they're really made out of silk. <laughs> I'm not wearing stockings. Wow. <laughs> yes. yes, that was funny that Bud just does that. Like, how brazen just grab this chick's legs, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bud doesn't care anymore. <laughs> no. Uh, come with us into our formal dining room. You know, I told you extra cheese. I never met a woman yet could order a pizza right. Extra cheese, how tough is it? <laughs> And like I said, he has the same problem as me, man. Nobody gets the order right. I just don't get it. <laughs> How do you order your pizzas, guys? Because of Al Bundy, I need to get extra cheese. Really? Yes. On wow. any pizza, I don't care what else I have on it, whether it's chicken, sausage, pepperoni, anything. I just need the extra cheese to make it extra gooey but you know the cheese spreading apart and it's just i should start doing that i just do half pepperoni that's all you do okay so you do half and half do you okay so you and your girl um are getting pizzas how many do you get one or two? Oh, one. one piece to split it do you take all the pepperonis or do you split cheese pepperoni i have uh two pepperoni she'll have two and then we'll just end up eating the plane some other day we'll put that in the fridge and just heat it up later gotcha gotcha i just want a pizza that looks like the pizza in ninja turtles i knew you were gonna dude <laughs> like that's all like i that's my like literally 
I can taste that pizza, and I've never actually tasted that pizza. But when I see that in the movie, I can taste it, and I'm that's my goal in life. Dude, when Donatello bites in and pulls it oh. from his mouth, and the cheese connects, I'm just like, I wish I was in the sewer right now with these guys. Now that's extra cheese. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, I like you know, being from Chicago. I do like my squares. Nice, right, right. Um, <clears throat> I did have pizza in Chicago, by the way. Too. Me too. Deep dish, man. Whew. Yes, yes. And okay, here's what I'll say about the the square pizza. You're always gonna get those one or two little pieces that's like nothing but crust and like <laughs> sauce. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's like, true. Like just, and, and and not to say that that's even a bad thing because sometimes like depending on the pizza, whether it is good crust or sauce or whatever, that's what you want. You know, like oh, I just want like you know. But I would say the typical triangle, uh, triangle pizza. But uh, but honestly. Like in my heart and soul, I will never discriminate on the way a pizza's cut. <laughs> right, yeah. Like I, Pizza's I pizza. always take pizza over everything, except maybe mac and cheese. <laughs> well, uh, we all learned that Al likes extra cheese on his pizza in season five's dance show, if you guys remember that. Yep, mm-hmm. absolutely. That's where it was first stated. You have a lovely home. Yeah, right. <laughs> Enough meaningless girl small talk. (laughs) Tell her about the legend of Al Bundy. (laughs) Tell him about OCD. (laughs) One cool dude. Al, you have a disgusting piece of cheese on your chin. Everything tastes better from Al's mouth. When Coco eats the cheese off of Al's face, because he has some cheese on his uh, face from eating the pizza, now the camera is facing the back of Al's head, but you can see you can see the side of his face pretty well, and you could see that he's trying really hard not to laugh while Coco eats the cheese off of his chin. <laughs> Check that out again, and you'll see. Now, I couldn't decide if it was Al reacting as if he's all giddy about the prospect that Coco is eating cheese off of his face, or if he's trying not to laugh as an actor at O'Neill. Right. right. Check that out and um, tell us what you think in the Married with Children group page. Kelly... Kelly's so freaked out by this that she says, uh, catch me, bud. I'm going to faint. And he goes, okay. And he just lets her drop like, wow. (laughs) That's got to hurt, man. (laughs) Yeah. And twice. I mean, yeah. Oh. I don't know if we could see it from the other angle regardless, but she had to have been falling on something, right? Because she fell pretty hard. Yeah, the kitchen floor. (laughs) (laughs) that reminds me of uh there's a simpsons episode one of the greatest episodes ever it's called you only move twice and homer's new boss uh says i'm going to teach you about trust and he goes he goes you know close your eyes and fall backwards and then homer goes okay so he starts to do it and the phone rings he goes oh hold on don't don't do it yet. And Homer just, he's already in the middle of the thing and he just lands on the ground and he goes, oh, d- d- don't mistake that for mistrust. I just had to answer the phone. 
<laughs> but it's so funny how people let people do this. And there was another episode, um, um, Beavis and Butthead. Remember when Van, what's his name, Van Housen or something, the the hippie teacher? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he stands up on a desk in his classroom and he goes, I want to teach you about trust. And he, he turns around, his back facing the kids, and he crosses his arms over his chest and he goes, I trust you. And he falls and beaves and butt and just let him fall into the ground. Comedic <laughs> timing at its best. Oh. Fly away, lesbian seagull. Uh, Coco. And I think I can call you by your first name, since you just ate off my husband's chin. (laughs) Tell me, why are you here? Because no one has ever satisfied me like your husband. And she goes straight up, right to Peg's face. Like, this girl has no problem saying right to this guy's wife's face. Because no one ever satisfied me like your husband. Like, wow, dude. Catch me, bud. I think I'm gonna faint. Okay, Kel. I'll put this as plainly as I can. I've still got the huts for the big lug, and I want to buy him from you. Peg, Bud, and Kelly faint this time. So, let me get this straight. You want to buy him? He's all that's missing in my life. Well, he's missing in everybody's life, but... (laughs) Nobody wants to buy him. Now, wait a second. I think we're missing what's important here. You people are treating me like a piece of meat, and I must say that I like it. (laughs) Whoops. I'm sorry, girls. I... I think I dropped a nickel. He bends over to pick up a nickel so everybody could look at his butt. <laughs> I'd ask Jamie if, if she likes his butt, but I think she's having technical problems with her microphone. Even though she's sitting right next to us, she still can't hear us. I hope your ear infection gets better. She gets an ear infection after every show with us. Yeah, it's those ice cubes. <laughs> <laughs> you i buy all your products you've been on parts of my body even she hasn't touched it's an honor to meet you i write you checks for a thousand dollars every month i owe my man's softness to you my man's softness comes naturally i feel like with her job it doesn't warrant the amount of money that she takes home. Like, I think Marcy's actually stealing money from the bank. <laughs> I think that should be a plot point in the later seasons that would explain a lot of of, of everything to do with them, <laughs> especially because of how expensive Jefferson is, too. It's just it, it has to be happening. I'm convinced. Yeah, but you could see every penny on him, man. He looks good. Yes. Look at his hair alone. <laughs> right. I suppose he could be a man crush of some sort. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. I'm being driven to the brink of madness by my dry thighs. I cream and I cream and I cream. But still, my pants want to stick to my thighs. Perhaps you should let the cream dry before putting on your pants. (laughs) 
I feel just like I did when I was a little boy and my father said, shake it, son, and the women will pay. In the winter, my my thighs become really itchy. Mm-hmm. I notice, especially in bed, I'm constantly scratching my legs, like, while I'm laying there, because it just gets very dried out because, you know, there's no humidity in the air. Right. Sometimes, I don't know why I'm admitting this, I I will cream my thighs, <laughs> and it's usually right before I go to bed, because it hurts so much, and me constantly, and I keep my wife up scratching, um, because my the skin <laughs> is so dry in the winter, that I literally... Uh, I have a bottle of cream next to my bed, uh, like cocoa butter lotion or something. <laughs> so I mm. actually do this, what Jefferson does. How weird is that? I don't know why I'd admit this, but chafing is a real thing. <laughs> <laughs> He's chafing. You know, we have eight millimeter film of his father fan dancing for J. Edgar Hoover. <laughs> Another Jagger Hoover joke. There was one in uh, earlier this season in the episode you can't miss. Remember the whole Jagger Hoover thing? Yep. Uh, we went over that already, so we won't do it again. Hey, she didn't come here to talk shop. She came here to purchase me as a sex toy. Oh, this is impossible. Someone wants you for sex. What do you have, a pet orangutan who's lonely? (laughs) And not picky? Oh, I'm sorry. You two weren't properly introduced, I don't think. This is Marcy, our next-door neighbor. As you can see, she probably used some of your vanishing cream on her breast. (laughs) See, not a trace. (laughs) See, not a single trace. That was, yeah, not a trace. There's not a trace of breast left. Perfect timing. <laughs> Again, comedic timing. Uh, I, I, I keep saying it, but I still admire these actors and actresses for <laughs> putting themselves through this on, on national television. I, it's fascinating to me. Jefferson, pretend you're a man. What are you going to do about this? Well, I'm going to do what every real man ought to do for his woman. I'm going to let the cream dry before I put on my pants. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I say the same thing, but a celebrity tells you, and you run, don't walk to cream. Suck up. Bitch. (laughs) Take me. (laughs) That was pretty ruthless, I must say, on Jefferson's part. Yeah. Now, Russell, when you did you uh, do you have a lot of makeup sex with chicks? Like, do you argue with them, and that turns you guys on, and then you have makeup sex like these two? Sure. Oh my god! So, uh, wow, you just you just hit something so right on the head. Wow. So, no, 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 check, no, 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 not not. But yes, to your point, yes. But we just watched the first episode of Dead to Me, season two. Oh, yeah. I just saw that last night. Yes. So (laughs) there's a line in there. 
the line the line is so good in it that that it's and it alludes to that. It's it's one of the greatest lines ever. And again, if anybody hasn't checked out that show yet, please do. It's one of the funniest, wittiest shows ever. And there are so many times where it's it's like a hundred percent Kelly Bundy coming through. She's channeling Kelly Bundy. It's amazing what they're doing with that show. I'll be I know I'll be talking about this show more, more as more and more now that it's just premiered because it's so good. It's such a great show. But yes, to your to your point, Alex. Yes, that's a thing. It's a thing. Now, if you guys don't watch that show, you are dead to me. Just so you know. Ah, yes. See what I did there? <laughs> ah, you know, it could be worse. Our neighbors could have been Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> How amazing with this timing! Wow, just yesterday. Yeah. Yep, so Siegfried and Roy are a duo of magicians, and it's weird. You know what else is weird? I just watched, or I tried to watch, National Lampoon's Las Vegas Vacation. Yep. Just Mm -hmm. Vegas Vacation. Vegas Vacation. Oh, Vegas Vacation, yeah. We tried watching that, like, two weeks ago, and I couldn't do it. Like, I think 45, or about 10 minutes after Siegfried and Roy, I was like... I was like, listen, I got to be honest with you. I'm not feeling this. Uh, Are you kidding me? I love that one. I have seen it so many times. I can quote that movie. I'm obsessed with these vacation movies. I like the original. I like Europe, which a lot of people think is a lesser. And I obviously love Christmas. But Vegas, I just was not digging it. I mean, there were some moments, sure. But I felt like I was just at that point just watching it just to keep just to finish it. And I was like, I could just do something else right now. My wife said she's more into it than I am, but sure. And then we just turned it off. When Eddie's cooking the chicken on the rock. Oh, God, that was amazing. <laughs> That's one of the highlights. Like, that movie's so good. He's like, let me get a little of the yellow, yeah. a little of the blue. That's a buffet. Oh, dude. No, I had moments, believe me, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, mean, round up the babysitter. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, damn, damn tour. Now that you guys are quoting it, maybe I'll finish the freaking movie, okay? Oh, you have to. Now now I feel like the odd man out. (laughs) (laughs) These guys, uh, they became known for their appearances with white lions and white tigers. They were the Tiger Kings back then, guys. Uh, oh gosh! <laughs> yeah, I had to mention it at least once to show people that we are still watching new stuff too, not just shows from thirty years ago. So, on October three, two thousand three, Roy's career ended. He had a tiger injury. Shocking. Yeah, a t- yeah. Well, a guy who plays with tigers all day. Can you believe that? Eventually, <laughs> one of them attacked him. What are the odds? <laughs> It's so weird. That's almost like Steve Irwin dying from a, an animal bite or something. <laughs> right? They formed their thing in the Mirage Resort and Casino, and it was regarded the most visited show in Las Vegas, Nevada. From 2004 to May 2005, Siegfried and Roy were executive producers of Father of the Bride. Now, someone must have, must have been a fan of this duo because they were mentioned four times on Married with Children, once in Kelly Does Hollywood, once here... In season 9, Get the Dodge Out of Hell, they're mentioned again. And in season 11, in Beerly Men, they're mentioned again. 
Now, the reason we talked about the bizarre timing is because we're reviewing this episode, and um, right now it's Mother's Day. As you can tell, we like to record on holidays, you know, like Easter, Mother's Day, that's our thing. So, uh, (laughs) two days ago, Roy Horn died due to complications from COVID-19. He was 75 years old. That is wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Let's cut to the chase. I want to buy your husband. I'll pay you $500,000. Yeah. 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 She'll pay Peg $500,000. And in 1993, how much money is that worth, Jamie? (laughs) It is $893,131.49, which is 78.6% inflation. Wow. Woof. Now, uh, Russell, do you think anybody would pay that for you in today's money? <laughs> Not even the 40 some odd cents. No. Not even the 49 cents. <laughs> oh. $500,000 for this? I don't get it. But then I haven't been getting it for 20 years, so what's the difference? The next scene... Um, the pizza is just sitting on the coffee table, and it barely looks like it was eaten. It almost looks like Al took one bite of it earlier, mm-hmm. you know? Especially in the buggy house. <laughs> right. The thing is, none of the family ate it. So it's like, did this whole thing, did the fainting make them lose their appetites or something? <laughs> yes, right, exactly. <laughs> How does a pizza survive there? It's Thanksgiving dinner. Right. Are they still filled up by all those sandwiches they threw at the Darcy's in the last episode? Ah, you know what? That's what it is. (laughs) We can't sell daddy. Uh, Mom, when you say we, I hope you mean we as in French for hell yes, we'll sell daddy and collaborate with the Germans. (laughs) Ergo, which is French for yes, take our country, but please let us live to make our creamy sauces. (laughs) I say we take the 500000 and bid daddy adieu. Which is French for a deer, a female deer. So, in closing, I'd like to say one thing. S-E-L-L, sell daddy! Yay! A deer, a deer, a female deer. Exactly. She says, which is French for a deer, a female deer. And they bark like dogs, just so you know. How ironic. Yeah, it's so weird how those deer and also the ones Jamie uh, hangs out with. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly is looking good, man. I mean, damn. Uh, Russell, what did you think? Her hair, her makeup, her belly shirt. Gave me a... Uh-oh. Yeah. Just impressive. Wow. You So you couldn't sit up for a little bit because somebody was in the room and might see you knock over your drink when you turn and leave the table? <laughs> no? You don't know what I'm saying there? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, if you guys had any commercial ads... There's a lot of wrestling podcasts that have, well, let's just say hashtag Blue Chew. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, Kelly was looking hot. 
it's she's not a focal point of this episode so much but But somehow you focused on her you definitely noticed that (laughs) yeah you're not gonna miss that regardless of whether vanna white's on your show or not yeah yeah, maybe she did herself up even more because she was competing with another blonde. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. And it's like, yeah, and, and honestly, like, you're not, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like at any given time against any of these girls, against any of these these guests that come on the show, well, even even whether it's just a, a hot chick or whatever, hmm. I feel like if Kelly wants to, she could put all of them to shame at any given point. Anytime. I don't think she has to try. She doesn't. And, and honestly, here, there is no competition. Right. Um, as, you know, and I do think Vanna White's very pretty, and I like her, but her legs are so skinny. Like, he's always talking to Amanda Barrison, like, calling her a chicken. And I every time Vanna White's on screen, all I can stare at are those scrawny-ass legs and, <laughs> and her big head. But, um... And, and the the big head is actually a thing. Uh, she and Pat Sajak both have big heads. And if anybody has ever wondered about that or noticed it, it's because they do that on purpose. If you are a game show host, they want you to have a big head so that you can be visible. And that's a thing. Like, <laughs> and also, they don't have to make any adjustments when they do a bobblehead of you. That's right. Yeah. It's, just a, it's just a straight up cast of your real body. <laughs> Lie, but yeah, daddy. I do. I do think she's adorable. But Kelly is, doesn't even have to. She could just roll straight out of bed. And ooh, now you're taking it too far. No, she could. <laughs> she ain't got a forehead. She got a five head. <laughs> Kelly looked particularly good this episode, and um, especially during this scene where she's talking, and it was. It was very, again, reminiscent of old Kelly. She looked like, you know, I would think she's the same chick from, you know, when she was slutty Kelly. So that was cool. Dad. Take a long, hard look at yourself, pal. You tell me what other possibility there is out there for a man made of fudge. (laughs) Snap out of it, man. Sell your worthless damn body and soul. It's better than selling shoes. <laughs> At least we'll finally be able to tell people what you do. You'll be Al Bundy, male hooker. So Bud slaps Al around to snap out of it and sell himself. At least they'll be able to tell people what he does. Because <laughs> it's so embarrassing to be a shoe salesman. You cannot tell people that's what your father does for a living. But male hooker, now that's a different story. At least you could be proud. Now, Al, promise me you won't do anything with Coco. Hey, she paid 500 grand. (laughs) She wants the boodle, baby. Um, and, you know, hey, listen, she's buying the goods, so that's pretty naive of Peg to even, uh, she's gonna pay $500 to do what if you don't have sex? Right, right, (laughs) exactly, yeah, what does she expect is gonna happen here? And she downgrades pretty quickly to, well, then don't enjoy it, at least, (laughs) while she's packing her bags. Now, what do you think of this moment right here? So, Dan, now, one of the things that you credit Al for is that you said Al would be like a scumbag and he would no longer... Yeah, you said he'd be despicable, 
um, if he ever cheated on Peg, and he would get no sympathy from us. Now, you know, we won't jump ahead, really, even though everybody has seen this. I don't know why I keep saving the ending for the ending, but at this moment, it seems that Al's going through with this. What do we all take fr- from this? I mean, it's a it's a comedy sitcom. We know. Right. But we have to talk about something here, so. I feel, okay, I feel like the situation, okay, without coming to the conclusion yet, it, it's definitely different. You have to look at it different because Peg is co-signing to it. So she's basically, not only that, she's encouraging it, right? Right. She's, and, and then you said, you know, those... Those little, those little uh, asterisks that she tries to put in. Well, you can't do it. Well, you can't enjoy it or whatever. No. Like once you – that's what the money is for. Like it's not to, to date him or whatever. Like it's to get him in the sack. Like that's exactly what she's paying for. Let's, let's not beat around the bush, you know. So she knows exactly what she's getting into. So that, that sort of changes – I think it should be looked at because with Al, it's like that's his decision and his alone in in the in the other episode, you know. Right. And with this, it's it's a group decision. And now, does that make it any any better, or is that justified then? Yeah, Al could have not agreed to this. Right. Yeah, exactly. But what we can't go any further because we haven't got into the ending yet but it's basically the outcome of what happens here you know and i think that uh, you know obviously being blinded by the money and going forward and thinking this is a good idea initially can't really blame them you know but it's it's the it's the after effect of all that right it's hmm. what happens in that situation and it's how people deal with that and it's like <laughs> it's really telling it's like okay yeah where is this gonna go but here's the thing because of that last episode i i was almost positive that that line would yes be told be told more than ever actually but it would not be crossed in this finale hmm i think knowing al and knowing the bundies i think a lot of it is based on curiosity shock and well greed just to see how far and how close anything can come and adapt. Yeah, it's a lot of money. It is $800,000. My wife might even say something like, just do it. $500,000. Oh, you mean right now? I mean, if, if it, okay. okay. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Inflation. Inflation, yeah. I was going to say, I calculated the wrong number. <laughs> 121 jet Me and my wife might have the exact same scenario play out with this entire thing, but I kind of think she'd say, you know what, it's 800-something thousand dollars. It's just, it's just an act. It's not really a big deal. I know you don't want her. You're not just cheating on me, blah, blah, blah. It will change our life. Uh, You know, it is a big – it's not really just something you blow off. If somebody laid that money on a table in front of you and said to do this, this X, this will happen, it's like, well, let's think about this. I mean, we make what a year? How many years would it take us to make this? Um, We could buy a home that is amazing. 
We could fill it with amazing things. We could buy that muscle car I always wanted. We could buy that brand new motorcycle I always wanted. We can get an in-ground pool that we always wanted. You know, like you start doing this this math, and it's like, well, right. It's just an it's just an act, man. I mean, um, and it's only one time, right? I, I guess I I imagine. See, that's what wasn't discussed. Is right. it just for the weekend or is it lifetime? Yeah, because she was getting all her stuff and leaving or whatever, and I didn't know. Yeah, to the Lakeshore condo. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was under the impression while watching it that it was like a permanent thing. But then, you know, you read the description and the description it says one night. And then I'm like, oh, well, maybe. I mean, because clearly it's supposed to be a play on Indecent Proposal. And in Indecent Proposal, right. it was only for one night. Um, which, by the way, that movie always infuriated me because they made way too much of a big deal out of it. Um, right. I mean, it's a million dollars. Just do it. Oh, God. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Jamie, come, I, I was wondering how you felt about that, but there you go. It's a million dollars. <laughs> and here it's like equivalent to almost $900,000. Yeah, just do it. Like, it's, right. It's, seriously, it means nothing. And, okay. uh, uh. and yeah, and as far as like how I'd feel about Al if he did it, Peg's the one who sold him out. You know, you have Kelly doing right. cheers because she wants her, she wants to do it. So <laughs> right. uh, I don't have any issue with Al at all. In this cheers situation. for deers. And Buddy, and he, for one that wants his father to become a male hooker. Yes, exactly. And I'll also say this too: this situation, at least everybody has a say in it. It's, it's, you know, and like you said, for the money or whatever, it could definitely be looked at differently than any other situation. But also, too, man, I've known so many different people in so many weird, sketchy relationships and so many different weird scenarios that are millions of times worse than something like this. Like, I remember I was talking to one dude one time and he was telling me a situation where him and his girl were basically working this guy. Like, he didn't know that that this guy existed and she would just date him and he's literally, like, on his deathbed and that's what they were doing. Like, she was, like, she was with this guy secretly but then she would go over to this old dude's house and get him for all his money and all this stuff and like legit like it was a normal thing like yeah that's that's what we're doing and i'm like that's so messed up (laughs) (laughs) like like and that's just one one example right and i'm thinking wow i could never i could never put myself in that mindset or whatever so when you look at this situation at least everybody involved is was on board uh, has a say has yeah exactly so so i I don't know but i also think that okay here's the thing from now in the year that we're living in and as to when you know the show came out i think times have also changed as well and people like jamie said like it's a million dollars like i think people have a better perspective now and are more aware than ever wouldn't you guys say yeah, with the times we're living in, and it, it's almost like get off your high horse, get back to reality, and you know things like that. We see how tough things are at different ages of our life. You could you could say no because you still think your life will be some amazing thing, and then once you wake up one day and you're 35, 40 years old, it's like, well, this really didn't work out like I thought. So yeah, I'll take that million dollars. You know, like. There's a lot changes and there's a lot to be considered. So I'm not going to judge Al or Peg for this. Uh, And it's the Bundys, man. I mean, 
I think we'd be having the same discussion if she offered a hundred thousand dollars. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. So you put five hundred, which is almost nine hundred, in front of them. Yeah, I'm not going to judge them for what they uh, were willing to do here because Al could have just simply, in his mind, been providing for his family and setting them up for life. Yeah, no, they they had the option. Everybody had the option to do it. That's what's different. You know, you get people that cheat for nothing, <laughs> right? <for> free, <laughs> right? <laughs> that that would make you feel horrible. But if you're given the choice, and then it's a lot of money, and everybody's kids, that that completely changes the game. So, where you at, Robert Redford? Yeah. Now, honey, this is a wonderful thing you're doing for your family, and I want you to know we're all very proud of you. Mom, the limo's here. Well, that's our limo to take us to our new Lakeshore condo. Well, honey, don't be a stranger. You know where we live. Well, actually, you don't. Oh, well. Gia, I'll miss you, Al. I'll miss you too, Peg. Al, uh, you know, he's uh, he has his little moment before uh, Coco walks in. Oh, why, oh, why was I cursed with these good looks? <laughs> this rock-hard body, this hold-me-hineys. <laughs> Face that's a homing signal for Hooters. <laughs> you are one fine $500,000 piece of beef. So when Al gets up and checks out his butt, it is a bookend to season seven because if you guys remember uh jamie definitely remembers in the beginning of season seven al was checking his butt out in bud's room and jamie liked it yep i remember Excuse that me, jamie what was that <laughs> uh i don't recall <laughs> she said i i i i like it play the tape. Like, a, play like, the a da- tape. like a dad bod or a older man bod because of your experience age yeah, Jamie loves dad bod. She loves dad dancing. She loves dad working out. Yeah, especially out. when they dance. <laughs> yeah, she she loves dad posing. Which, by the way, we were watching the Tim Burton Batman the other night. And when Jack Nicholson's on the float, like when he's coming around. Oh, yeah, he's doing dad dancing. He's doing the dad. I was like, he's dad dancing. Unbelievable. Yeah, um... Yeah, Annabelle noticed that it's a bookend. He starts and ends the season checking out his butt. So someone is obsessed with Al's butt this season because it gets referenced a couple of times in various episodes. Uh, Jamie, what would you think when Al and Peg were doing that hand, hand flapping thing? Remember that when they were like... Yeah, I thought that was very cute and I don't remember them doing that before. Is that something they've done in the past? They sometimes do it, yeah. Okay. It's really cute. I like it. Mm-hmm. So Coco comes in and drops her robe, and she has a stunning body in that nighty. I mean, wow, man. 36-year-old chick looking like she's 20 years old. That's the kind of, that's the kind of work I admire. That's a lot. <laughs> that's hard to do. I've waited a long time, Al. Yeah. 
on my side of the bed. What's the difference? I don't know. What if I roll out in the middle of the night and get confused and go to the bathroom in the hall? Okay, I'll move over. Do you ever switch sides your bed and then are completely disoriented when you wake up? Every day. Sometimes, Literally every yeah. day I wake up. <laughs> You're disoriented. Do you have a side of the bed? Because uh, I know I mentioned this before, but um, I have the same side Al Bundy has, and I, I will never change that. Now, do you guys have your own side of the bed? Uh, absolutely. Yeah? Oh, yeah. And I, I used to be able to change it without having a problem, but about two years ago, year and a half ago, we moved the bedroom around, and Brian always likes to sleep next to the door. That way, in case any monsters come in, he can protect me. Oh, yeah. Um, Is that what will happen when he runs out of the door? <laughs> and when we moved the bed around, the bedroom around, it it was have caused us to change sides of the bed. We tried it for a couple nights. Neither one of us could sleep, mm-hmm. so we had to go back to our old sides of the bed. And you know, monsters be damned. I guess. Yeah. Hey. You got my pillow all warm. I don't like that. <laughs> Fine. Let's get down to business. Uh, you know, maybe you could give me a glass of water. Water? Yeah. Okay. In a glass or on the front of your pants? We don't use glasses, but paper cup be nice. Uh, uh, it's just me. <laughs> Hope I'm not interrupting anything. I, I just forgot a few things. I mean, for five hundred thousand dollars, I beg. Listen, you gotta stay out of here. You know, right. at least. Right, let me do my thing. At least for an hour. At least for an hour. Yeah, and Al only needs what three point six seconds, right? <laughs> He's an egg timer. <laughs> When when Peg comes in, Al's staring at her. Well, she's staring at Al, and Al looks back at her, and that look he gives her is so touching, right? It's sad. Well, and even when they did the little uh, the little hand thing, you know, the little bah, like and it's like, oh wow, okay. And again, though, that's that's um, that's a great place to be for the Bundys because while well, they bring all these things up, they never again they never cross that line, and it's it's endearing. And, and this show isn't always endearing. <laughs> so when you have those moments, no, it's it's an anti sitcom, but it's still has these things you you have to keep it grounded in in reality to have some morals you know and, and like we said before if you make people that bad and they've done it over the years too maybe you know there's better examples but you think like the gallagher's on shameless or something they've made people way more despicable and people still kind of love them but <laughs> right that the Bundys never really um, as horrible as they were to other people and each other. It, it's they've never actually um, crossed certain certain lines. Yeah. He gets thirsty. <laughs> he likes his pillow cool. Well. Bye. 
Oh, and I, I don't believe that you bought my pillow. <laughs> well, stud, giddy up. <laughs> That's my bed and, and my husband. Here's your check and get out. This isn't my check. It's just a piece of paper. Gee. It's amazing how a page out of the TV guide can look like a check. Here. Go buy yourself your own ring around the collar worker. This big lug is mine. So, uh, do you guys remember that? That's a reference to whisk laundry detergent, um, which uh, has no longer been in production since 2017. But it was uh, that was well known for those commercials. uh, And they were it was introduced in 1968. This whole campaign of. Uh, ring around the collar, but it was huge in the 90s. I mean, there were commercials every you couldn't miss a ring around the collar commercial. Do you guys remember that? Right, I do remember I, vaguely. Yeah, we actually used whisk when I was growing up. Now, did it really get rid of that brown ring around the actually? It did. My um, my dad was a blue collar worker and he, you know, he had these uniform shirts he'd have to wear all the time and it would that was the thing it was the thing and it actually did work but the the campaign received a lot of criticism uh for decades for being misogynistic because there was an implication that it's the fault of the wife if the husband left home with dirty collars how weird is that people find a problem with everything then yeah peg and she even says here's your check and hands her the check but it turns out to be a page from TV Guide. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how she expected to pass that off on her. Like, Typical what? Peggy. Yeah, and like she wouldn't notice that $500,000 was withdrawn from her account, you know? like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> So dumb. Right. It's times like this I'm glad there's a Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> You're going to buy ice cream? No, I'm going to go buy Ben and Jerry. <laughs> um, Coco Vanna White is so chill that she's just like, well, um, no big deal, you know. I'm gonna think these are the reasons Ben and Jerry are, are, you know, I'm glad that they exist. And then, like, you think she'd be really upset that she wasted all of her time, or that this even happened, or that she's not getting what she wants. But no, she's totally chill. And um, and then Peg even talks to her like a human being again, and is like, oh, you're gonna buy ice cream. You know, because the the old thing is that girls drown their sorrow in ice cream. Right. <laughs> and um, she says, no, I'm going to buy Ben and Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> At the same time. Like, does that mean sexually, like Al? Yes. Right? That's exactly what that means. <laughs> um, you know what's really weird? I had a little bit of Ben and Jerry's yesterday for the first time, I think, in my life. Ah, what kind? Strawberry cheesecake. Oh, was it good? Dude, it was amazing. I'm like, wow, people eat this stuff all the time. They're so lucky, man. <laughs> yeah, but th- those those people look like me, Alex, not you. So there you go. <laughs> Case in point, sir. Let's move along. I just had Butterfinger ice cream. Oh, that must have been good, Dude, man. 
Did it stick to your teeth like the candy? No. And it's it's better for it. Like I I, I want to get off the subject. I love it so much. Yeah, I feel like I want to get into this ice cream thing, but I know I can't. But man, okay, I have cheesecake it, cheesecake ice cream in my in my freezer right now. <laughs> if it was in my freezer, it'd be melted. But it's in my freezer right now. He's helped oh, this ice cream thing like it's new. How <laughs> did get into this ice cream thing? It's such a trend. Yeah. Sugar. GL, I hope you're not mad at me. I just couldn't stand the thought of you with someone else, even if it meant we were going to get rich. I guess I couldn't be with anybody else either, Peg, even though she had more to offer than you in every possible way. I guess we're just meant to be together, huh? Yeah, I guess. You know what I want to do right now? Yes, I do, and it's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> I can still feel you. I love you, Al. Yeah, thanks. This is a bookend for this episode. In the beginning of the episode, um, once they finally got their power back... The first thing they wanted to do is turn the lights off and go to bed. So it was weird. Why would you be laying in bed hoping the lights come on? It's almost like if it's nighttime and you have no power, then why don't you just go to sleep? Like, and hopefully you'll be on tomorrow. Why would you stay up waiting for the power to go on just to turn the lights off and go to bed? Why would you wait during the daytime to have lights come on? Well... At that point, you'd say, hey, come on, we need our refrigerator to go back on or put the TV on or things like that at least. But at night when you're going to be sleeping, I just don't understand waiting for the lights to come on. It's just – that's a weird thing. But they – The TV, yeah, I can see them waiting for the TV to come back on. But then the refrigerator, have you seen their refrigerator? <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't know why I didn't think of that. <laughs> There's nothing in the damn thing. <laughs> So, well, now there's pizza, because apparently nobody ate it, so they probably threw it in there. Oh, wow. Yeah, shockingly, they got sidetracked and didn't finish pizza. Go figure. Like, all this pizza talk, ice cream, like, you guys are <laughs> Yeah, I'm so hungry. Dude, I want to see a picture of you with a pizza, a pizza slice with a scoop of ice cream on it. I want to see that today. And th- that's not even a challenge. Like, that, I was going <laughs> to do that anyways. <laughs> I was going to do it anyway. <laughs> they, yeah, bookend. They both go right to sleep, just like that weird opener. And then again, a bookend. She says, I love you. And Al says, yeah, thanks. In the season nine special, My Favorite Married, uh, Katie Segal, Amanda Burse, and Ted McGinley mentioned that they enjoyed working with Vanna White for this episode. So, Vanna White was cool, even... Yes. Impressive. Humble. Yeah, she she was not a pain in the ass to have on the show. <laughs> well, it, but you could tell, though, like you said, her chill demeanor, um, that's kind of what made the episode, because it, was, it wasn't it was exactly void of emotion, right. but it, but she, she very much reacted to the situation where it's like, hey, it is what it is, you know? Like, I'm Vanna White. Let's play with that, and let's just have some fun. She didn't have to get jealous or mad after, like, ah, I'm gonna go Ben and Jerry. Like, okay. Like, 
You don't need any of that. She played it perfectly. And I, it's almost like that monotone way of doing it. It, it just worked out perfectly for, for her character in this episode. And the Bundy's reaction to it, too. It was just great. Yep, she knew how to play it. So we'll be right back with the rating of the final episode of Season 7. No, ma'am. We'll be right back to wrap up this week's review. Be sure to join their Facebook group page for all the podcast news and updates. Be sure to subscribe to them on the Apple Podcast app and please leave a review telling them what you think of the show. To subscribe to their YouTube channel, just go to Channels and search up Married with Children Podcast. Now they're available on the TV Time app. Go to your app store and type in TV Time. Join their Patreon and support your favorite podcast with a small monthly donation. You can email them at marriedwchildrenpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for checking out this review. Now Dan, Jamie, and Alex are going to give their final thoughts on this week's episode. How many times out of five are we fainting with nobody catching us for this episode out of five Dan. Oh man, um really enjoyed it. Um for a finale, I wouldn't necessarily look at it like a finale, but at the same time that the themes that they played with and like I said they kind of pushed it as far as you possibly could with this. Um I definitely like that. It kind of shows like a little range, you know. We talked about all Everything that the show has to offer with all the silly stuff and 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 all the relationship stuff and how they react to it or whatever. To see them put in this situation and have this episode go down the way it is. Ah, I've been thinking about this for a while. I, I, I'm, I would pass out four times for this. <laughs> uh, yeah, four out of five. Um, awesome episode. I had so much fun. I guess the, the reason why... You know, I'm apprehensive for going any any higher is because of the fact that I always have high expectations for for season finales. I don't know why, and because a lot of shows don't even play in. Um, but for me, it's always like it's always like an exciting thing. And while this is very quintessential Bundy and everything about that, I don't know for some reason I just I'm expecting something you know crazy to happen during a finale, whether that's whether that's you know right of me to do or not that's another question but um but yeah i thought the jokes were great i thought everything was great but um it it just it just lacked a a little a little bit here and there if that makes sense i i didn't think that that the 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 darcys were they didn't hit a whole ton in this one. They were still great, but it wasn't like over the top amazing. And we've seen that amazingness come through on their end, and and uh, you know more so with the Bundys in this season alone. So that's why I would probably rate it lower than those episodes, just because of the greatness of those. Nonetheless, awesome episode, four out of five. I really did like this episode. Nice. Jamie, how many times are you passing out on the floor with nobody catching you out of five for this episode? I'm with Dan. I would say I would pass out four times. There were a lot of things I really did like about this. For one, I've always been a fan of Vanna White, so it was exciting to see her and the fact that, yes, she did come on this show, which could be considered (laughs) lowbrow. 
<laughs> but that was cool. And, you know, for her to play such a sexy role. She wasn't playing some stuck-up woman. She was actually there in lingerie. So good on her. It's also very sweet, you know, how it ended up. And I don't think anyone's going to be surprised that I feel that way because everyone knows I love it when we have those moments where they show each other that they care. And it was also wrapped around with some funny moments from Jefferson and Marcy. You know, Marcy's like, I send you a check for $1,000 every month. Um, it's just uh, it was good stuff it was a good time and this season as it turns out didn't have a lot of low points no no (laughs) it's more high points than anything yeah it's crazy really weird Uh, Russell how many times are you feigning with nobody catching you out of five for this episode I'm going to keep the flow and say four I mean Nothing is perfect, but to bring the mainstream stereotype of Vanna White just being that female figure of both the letter changer and beautiful, and then for her to portray that in the episode, and then all the lines that Al Bundy had, plus Jefferson and the comedic response to everything was excellent. Mm. And then, not to bring a wrestling reference into this, but if this was a show in the Tokyo Dome, Dave Meltzer would give it 12 stars, 12 saints. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm looking up on Google. I don't know how true this is, but apparently Vanna White was on a Playboy cover in 1987. Yeah, that's where she wore the see-through lingerie. Yep. Yep. Yep, so look that up. Um, yeah, I'm I'm with you guys. I'm giving this a solid four out of five. The Jefferson thing, I'm just going that to that real quick. Um, I do love the, the cream thighs, pants drying thing, but not as much of a killer as uh, most of their appearances in season seven, um, especially for a finale, but it was solid. Just was not as good as usual, but it's really right close to it. So it was okay. Um, the the vanishing breast cream stuff that I thought that was killer. So you know it had its points. Um, that was a good appearance by them, but definitely not their best of the season. Um, yeah, as far as season finales go, you know it's 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 sort of a grand. scale. Gale, it's it's kind of big. You know, you have a big special guest in Vanna White. She was at the height of her popularity at the time. It's their anniversary, I guess, so that's something. And then on their anniversary, you and then you got a thing. It's Indecent Proposal was huge. So you got an episode mirroring that. And then you have this big whole, like, nail-biter of an episode because you're like, is this really happening? Like, they're going through with this? Peg is packing up and leaving the room? Like, wow, they're really doing this? And I guess, you know, any audience would be like, this, nah, there's no way this is really going to go down. But at the same time, you wonder, it's like, wow, they're going pretty far with it to the point where, where Vanna White is laying in bed with Al. It's gone that far, just like we talked about. Like, it wasn't just a brush off kind of thing. Like this is about to go down to the point where she says, "Well, stud, get up," and you know, all that stuff. So it was a big ending, at least. And then you have the bit, you know, the stuff Jamie likes with Alan, Peg, and the endearing stuff. And then 
saying, I guess, I guess it's just us and, you know, uh, you're the one I really want, basically, and all this other stuff. And one of those moments that we don't get often, but, you know, we got the one, um, Jamie, what was it, one episode ago where Al says, uh, I don't want a, a new car or anything like that because in the end, I really just want you, right? Something like that. I remember that. I just don't remember which episode it was. Yeah, old insurance dodge, right? Oh, no, two ago because we were there in last episode because that was the wedding uh, repercussions. Yeah. Right. So two episodes ago. So we get a little moment there and we have a bigger moment here of Alan Pegg and their love for each other. And that is a is a nice ending to a season. So I see what you mean. It doesn't seem like a big ending, but I think it technically is. Right. Right. You know, so you you see my internal confliction, though, like I and I know what you're saying as well, too. Like it represents big things. I know what you mean, for sure. For yeah. Sure. But yeah, does it come off that way? Eh, not so much. And I, if you... I agree with that. I feel like it doesn't it. This could easily be middle of the season episode. It doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like anything is coming to. But didn't we say the same thing about the first episode of this season? Yes. (laughs) Yes, we did. Okay. I believe believe it was the first one. So this season just didn't have like a very strong begin. And I don't mean as in they weren't funny or they were bad. I just mean it didn't. It wasn't like a, uh, you know, ta-da, here's season seven. You know, and bye-bye. That was season seven. Again, (laughs) technically it did. Because the first episode was Magnificent Seven when they dropped Seven off at the house. Now, say what you will about it or the whole premise or idea or how that went over, whatever. As far as they are concerned, that was a big opener. And this was a big closer as far as they are concerned. Again, does that play out to us as an audience? No, because we hate the premise of the first episode. We we are not feeling like this is an ending on this episode. So technically, yeah, they did what they were supposed to do. Does it play? Not so much. But regardless, uh, like you guys said, if it was a middle season episode, and we don't really rate them based on like, are they a great opener or closer? We just like to talk about it. So it still gets a four out of five. Yeah, yeah, like we, we're talking, like I guess, bad, like the negatives. It's still a four out of five for everybody. Right. So what's that talking? <laughs> you know. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Tune in next week. Um, join our Patreon. It's Patreon. I guess most people don't know what that is who listen to the show. So what that is is, <laughs> it's it's a website that you go to and you can support the Mayor of Children podcast with a small donation. P a t r e o n dot com. Look up Married with Children podcast, and for five measly dollars, you can get all of our exclusive content, including next week when we do the season seven wrap up show. And that's going to be a big show. We uh, peppered a little bit of it um, throughout this whole season of reviews because I wanted people to get a taste of what we kind of talk about on there. And this will be like the most anticipated, maybe, wrap up shows because, right? Because, I mean, Season 7 is so controversial, so we're going to break things down. And with our Married with Children research team, Luigi and Annabelle, uh, man, Luigi went through great lengths to load up the Season 7 wrap-up show. He he pulled so much information from everything we did all this season. I mean, he got everything, 
all the hot chicks, all the guest stars, all of our ratings, which is more important this season than ever. Yeah. Yeah, tons of information. So everybody stay tuned for the 14-hour-long wrap-up show. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, get your money's worth. You can listen to that all week. Just listen to a half hour a day. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so for $5, like I said many times, you could hear the wrap-up show from season three, four, five, six, and now seven. Season one is no longer available to the public. So no one can listen to any of our shows from season one anymore um, unless they are a patron of the show. So those are exclusive to there. So if you are new to the show and you want to hear those, you have to do that. Join. It's only $5 and you can get all that. So tune in for that show. And two weeks from now, we will start season eight with a special guest star, the legend herself, Annabelle Whitford, will be joining us. Yes. Gonna be I, mean, I was going to say, listen. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> That's great. That's going to be a fun listen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I'm excited about that. I love Annabelle. Yeah, she's been super supportive of this show. She is the biggest Married with Children fan that anybody knows. And she has done more for Married with Children than anyone on Earth when it comes to the online access and information. It. She's just the perfect person to to be on our research team and to join us for the opener i don't think people know how huge it actually is like it's a it's an integral part of our show you know and uh, a lot of a lot of people that we have the opportunity to interact with you know russell like dude thank you so much for coming on like you are a presence and you are basically a driving force for us too because you're always interacting you're always keeping it fun and you know for me i I was kind of the outsider fan coming in with with no crazy preconceived notions of what the show is where, where it's going or whatever but you know interacting with people like you it's so much fun because it just broadens my horizon like it opens my eyes to things and it makes me see things differently a lot with these episodes and you know it definitely on our end as well it's not just you know you said oh watching uh, listening to this podcast enhances it well Getting to talk with you, getting to talk with everybody on the Facebook group page, it enhances it for us too. It's all a part of the of the entire package of the whole experience for us. So thank you, Russell, and thank you everyone for always being a participant in this in this little podcast of ours. Yes. Yeah, Russell, man, great job on this show. Uh, really good insight, good um, commentary on the scenes, man. So thank you, dude. Really great appearance. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, Alex. It's a fun experience, and you guys are awesome. And Jamie, as a woman, it's impressive for her to be so involved. And then Annabelle Whitford next week. Hey, it's going to be fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Thanks again. And we will see you guys. If you don't want to support the show, then we'll see you in two weeks. Thank you, Russell. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Jamie. Yeah, thanks, man. That was awesome, dude. That was really good.